Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. I recorded this episode on Halloween, so when thinking about the theme for the episode, there could only be one. Property horror stories, of course. So things in property do not always go according to plan. And if anyone ever tells you that they always do and everything is always great, then they are either quite inexperienced or, frankly, not telling you the truth. Sorry to say that. In fact, I literally swapped texts with a fellow investor and developer late on Friday where the phrase, they don't tell you this in property training classes, came up. So I do like to keep it real, as you may know, and in the interest of being completely real and transparent, you can possibly sit back and enjoy, or at least endure, other people's property pain for the next 20 to 30 minutes. (laughs) And this is going to be a classic case of audio schadenfreude, with a happy ending though. No, not that kind of happy ending. (laughs) But some of the following real-life horror stories over the next couple of weeks are my own and some are from people close to me or that I've encountered. However, I will also share some of the lessons learned or steps to take to help protect ourselves against these sorts of issues arising. I have removed the names of the companies to avoid naming and shaming, at least for now. So here we go then. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. So I've kind of loosely titled uh, today's show, When a Turnkey Property Company Becomes a Right Turkey. (laughs) Well, a turnkey property management company is one of those that offers everything an investor needs from a single, uh, single source. It could include some or all of the following. For example, sourcing a property, often at below market value in inverted commas, or capable of being converted or developed to improve its value or return. Undertaking the project management of either in-house or alternatively external trades. Acting as a main contractor for the works in some cases. Obtaining all necessary uh, paperwork such as planning, licenses and other permissions. Uh, Referrals to in-house or recommended external professionals or service providers like solicitors and mortgage brokers. And sometimes ongoing lettings and property management too. So to the time poor or less experienced property investor, it can all sound very appealing using what is known as a done-for-you property partner or from the comfort of your armchair. And if it all goes well, and I am aware of some companies where it does seem to go well at least most of the time, then great, what's not to like? However, let's be realistic. Things can and indeed do go wrong in property projects. Sadly, it's the nature of the beast. 
The idea is to undertake sufficient upfront research, inquiry and investigation such that it minimizes the likelihood of things going wrong later. However, if they do, uh, and some things can still catch us out, that's why I always recommend having a contingency in place. And a contingency can be both financial, but also alternative exits in the project as well. But then there are just those bad apples, people or companies that try to cut corners, cover things up, or even operate in the shadows of our business. And this is such a story. In this case, several years ago, I was looking to expand my portfolio into HMOs to access higher income or higher return on investment projects. At the time, I was working full-time and at that time back then, had never undertaken an HMO conversion myself. So I was looking for a way to obtain an HMO without having to buy a ready-made one at a premium, which allowed me to better use my capital. So I will be converting an existing property into an HMO, recycling some of my money and getting a decent return and putting some of my cash out. So you better use of capital. And a number of companies were offering a full turnkey service at that time. And so I enlisted one of them for my project. I was then offered a property which could be converted into a six bed or potentially even a seven bed HMO subject to planning approval, the latter being subject to planning approval. And it should be noted at this point that uh, the uh, turnkey company stated fee was directly linked to the expected gross development value or end valuation after works and of course after refinancing. And this was verified by a RICS survey done prior to the work. However, the fee was actually paid in full in advance and was calculated based on the higher seven bed version, which was in turn based on the estimate of the afterworks value as assessed in this RICS survey. However, planning permission for the seven bed was later refused. And it was due to the property being in an area of restriction, which is similar to yet distinct from an Article 4 directive. Of course, the gross development value would be lower for a six bed rather than a seven bed, which is pretty obvious, really. But this meant that the GDV based fee that the turnkey company had charged me, uh, or at least some of it, was due to be returned. And after quite a lot of discussion and disagreement, the, uh, one of the directors of this turnkey company reluctantly agreed to refund part of the fee based on a revised RICS valuation, uh, accepting, of course, that it was based on a seven bed and it couldn't be possible to do a seven bed. However, to this day, they have not repaid this partial fee, despite promising to do so in writing around three and a half years ago. So this is what I'm calling sharp practice number one then. It's where people take advance fees, which are linked to potential valuations, rather than progress payments linked to real ones after the work has been done. So when I originally bought the property, I used Bridging Finance and the turnkey provider started with the project. They, acted, they also acted as the main contractor in this case too, and we had a written works contract accordingly, which they duly presented. The contract had certain stipulations, such as a definite project completion date, a fixed cost, and certain warranty, warranties underlined, sorry, underwriting the quality of their work. All well and good then. 
Essentially, though, the project suffered a number of delays and issues as it progressed. In no particular order, there were extras added into the budget for unforeseen work. The scope of works was quite broadly defined and did not fully specify the detail of certain works to be undertaken. For example, upgrade the gas central heating system and replace the boiler omitted to mention the fact that it would actually be tagged on to the existing pipework and radiators. So we only get a partial upgrade. Adding seven ensuite bathrooms omitted to mention that two of them, uh, and they were rather uh, tatty bathrooms, would essentially be left totally as is. And then there was the full conversion which did not include fixing damp or rotten floor joists, which is apparent to the trained eye. And many of these points became bones of contention, resulting in uh, additional funds being requested and problems being left to resurface later once the property was handed over. I did actually um, instruct some additional works for some windows, which uh, needed to be replaced. I mean, uh, bear in mind, some things can arise later on. So I'm not saying that, that things can't arise. I'm just saying that things should have been specified that weren't undertaken. But one example was uh, some windows were later on found not to be in good order, so it was decided they would be replaced. Well, as later on you'll hear that I had the property inspected. Well, <laughs> some of the windows and doors that I'd actually paid for to be replaced weren't actually done so as well. So a bit of a shopping list that's been accumulating here. Well, besides these issues and delays, after the final handover, it became apparent to me that the property was not as it should be. The same company that was uh, managing, uh, that managed the refurbishment and conversion was also managing the tenancies for a sister company. So I was to some extent kept away and kept in the dark and, and so was unaware that the tenants were complaining about some faults, repairs and maintenance issues, repeatedly in fact. I became suspicious as I was being asked to pay for repairs that I believe should not arise on a newly refurbished you know, property to the specification that I'd been promised. So I then instructed a trusted individual to visit the property to inspect the work. And he duly visited and came back with a snagging list of works which extended to 54 separate items, which is a lot. It included items that I had paid for, which had not been done, and a long list of poor workmanship or faults to remedy as well. After some debate, the turnkey company finally accepted most of these items and then started to remedy them under their agreed legal written warranty. However, things went from bad to worse when a ceiling collapsed from the upper floor into one of the bedrooms below. That should never happen, just in case there's any doubt. But it appeared that some bathroom fittings had not been properly secured, which caused a leak into the floor and ceiling recess. And this was exaggerated by the fact that the builders had simply swept debris under the floorboards rather than cleaning it out. Of course, this became heavy when soaked with water from the leak and led to the ceiling collapsing. I had to put the affected tenants up in a hotel and eventually sadly lost them as they were quite traumatised over this incident as they were in fact in the room when the ceiling collapsed. In short, after some argument, uh, which is a recurring theme, the turnkey company agreed to fix the ceiling and to compensate me for loss of rent for the gap in tenancies whilst the work was undertaken and new tenants found. 
and I never received the agreed compensation despite, despite the fact that it was agreed between both of us and documented in writing by a director again several years ago. So this is sharp practice number two then, broken written promises. But returning to the snagging list, whilst it was a painful exercise for all concerned, we did manage to narrow the list down to six final remaining items. So remember we started with 54, we're now down to six, which the turnkey company had fully accepted as being their responsibility to remedy. However, by this time, which was several months later, they had clearly become frustrated and were in fact complaining of losing money on the project by this time. Well, I'm sorry, the problems were there, they needed to fix them. If they were losing money, then you know that's their own making as far as I'm concerned. But they are instead, they instead of fixing the problems, they offered a very small sum for me to fix the remaining items myself. But sadly their offer was not sufficient to cover the actual cost of putting these things right. So there we go, we entered into yet another lengthy discussion around this point. Naturally, I suggested they just fix the issues. After all, they caused them, they accepted them, and they were covered under their warranty. But they wanted none of this, of course. In short, I had no option but to complete the work myself, or arrange for it to be completed, which cost me more than they had offered to fix the remaining six items, and you guessed it, I never received any payment, not even the amount that they originally promised to pay um, towards me. Again, several years ago. So that's sharp practice number three then, failing to honour their written accepted obligations. I guess the final straw came when a second ceiling collapsed and I then heard directly from the tenants that there were many issues with the property and how poorly the turnkey company was managing it and also them. So I decided I needed to take back control of my property and duly serve notice to the letting agent, which was in fact a separate subsidiary or a sister company. I then self-managed the property and steadily returned it to a stable condition, managing actually to retain you know, some of the by now very frustrated tenants, of which some are still with me several years later on. I hasten to add, due mainly to my personal intervention, not the actions of the turnkey company. However, the response of the turnkey company to my termination of the letting arrangement was, to say the least, quite immature and spiteful. Uh, they simply stopped all communications on anything. They refused to take my calls, they uh, failed to answer my emails, um, they became quite stubborn and arrogant, that sort of thing. Of course, they never paid any of the previously agreed sums that they had agreed to in writing, despite the fact that we'd all agreed some things and it was all documented and they just simply turned their backs on me and washed their hands of me. The situation right now, as of the time of recording, is that I, I'd resorted to legal action around 18 months ago to reclaim the separate smaller individual sums that I've alluded to above um, of the money that was previously agreed. Um, the court case claim totals around £8,000, which includes interests, and uh, in fact, judgment has been awarded in my favour. And it's, uh, it's cost me several thousands of pounds in legal fees, which I do not know if they will be recovered or not, because that's at the court's discretion. And at the start of the legal process, the turnkey company had incredibly fully denied all liability for my claim. And this is despite previously accepting at least part of it, in fact most of it, in writing. How did you work that out? I don't know. 
But now they are trying in vain to overturn the judgment that's been awarded in my favor. And despite them now changing tack and accepting liability uh, in substantially all of the claim in their revised defense, they seem hell-bent on just dragging it out in terms of both cost and time uh, for all parties, including, of course, wasting the court's time. So let's see how the court responds to their attempts to interfere with the judge, uh, sorry, justice system. But one thing is for certain, they have now accepted liability formally in their revised defense to the court. So it's more a question of timing and degree only at this point in time. To add to this story a little, as if this wasn't enough, I have heard from a growing number of other investors that had a similar experience and in many cases worse experiences with this same company than I did. It seems that in fact I was one of the lucky ones. To give you some insights into the pattern we're talking about here, here are just some of their stories. I spoke to one gentleman um, who was initially invited to provide a review of the turnkey company services when the property conversion was completed. He duly complied and his testimonial was placed on the company's website for all to see. But soon after, he discovered a range of problems and issues which, to cut a long story short, the turnkey company refused to fix and led to him losing income, facing increased repair and maintenance costs uh, with a substandard property that has since diminished in value in a rising market. <laughs> he estimates that um, it's cost him over 30,000, I think 35,000 so far, excluding the loss of value in the property. Needless to say, he has since asked the company to remove his review as he has since uh, retracted it, obviously due to his experience. But some four years later on, it's still there. You can see it online and it's been left purely to misrepresent people against his express written wishes. And if that's not bad enough to add insult to injury, he updated a previously good review um, that he'd left on Trustpilot for a, a more accurate, uh, poor review after the full experience. And this was met by a very heavy-handed letter from the company's solicitors, threatening him with legal action for defamation and slander unless he removed the review. He was unmoved though and did not buckle under the pressure as many might have. And uh, they still not sued him, probably because one of the defenses to defamation is the truth. Then there's the overseas investor that bought five separate properties and was not aware of the problems that were accumulating and lurking uh, unbeknown to him. Eventually, the house of cards, of course, came crumbling down, resulting in him kicking them out of the final, the fifth project conversion that, they'd, uh, that they were working on, although he actually had to pay them off to go. He then had to hire in specialist support to rectify the numerous issues across all of the properties, and that's cost him literally thousands of pounds. And many of the issues are still not fully resolved today, several years later. The worst part, though, was that he had, in fact, you know, had to sell one of the properties because it was so bad and it failed to comply with regulations and so on. It was supposed to be worth 300000 or so, um, according to the in-advance RICS valuation, although he suffered um, for well over £150,000 loss instead. 
and you could say that he is very, very unhappy with them as a result of this experience. There's a few other people as well that I've spoken to with similar stories to tell. Um, some are going through legal process, some of them just want some sort of recourse. Some of them just want to talk about their experiences and warn uh, against this company. But they're all with the same repeating pattern of poor workmanship, inflated in values, unremedied problems, unprofessional lettings and management, arrogant responses and flat denials to cooperate and put things right, and so on. We're forming quite a little community actually, and uh, we'll be taking wider action to confront this company and to hold them and their directors to account in the fullness of time. So if any of these stories have, uh, are perhaps ringing an alarm bell with you, perhaps you'd like to get in touch, maybe we can swap notes. But on the sort of upside of this, there's some learning, of course, isn't there? And there's some steps we can take which will help to protect ourselves uh, when dealing with such um, turnkey property companies. So, for example, we should always do our own research and due diligence on the people and the companies that we plan to do business with. We should Google through several pages on the company name and their directors. We should ideally get independent referrals recommendations and testimonials from their clients to help back up the sizzle of the glossies. We should check for negative comments on uh, social media uh, and sites like Trustpilot and, and also go and visit um, consumer champion style forums such as Property Tribes and Money Saving Expert even. And we should try and talk to past clients to get an idea of the way they operate and ask the principals about the way they do business and their values and talk about yours as well. But in particular, I'd suggest asking how would they respond to problems that arise under the, um, under the project? And then ask if they will commit to that response in writing. And if it sounds a little bit wishy-washy or it's not in alignment or they start to duck the issue, uh, it's not in alignment with their own values or they start to duck the issue, then just walk away. Then make sure all of your agreements are in writing, including the roles and responsibilities, specifications, timescales, and any warranties involved. Document all subsequent correspondence in writing, even if that means briefly summarizing telephone calls, especially on contentious items, as you never know if you'll need to prove um, what's being gone on a little bit later. And if you're, not, if you're remote from the property, this is usually a, a done-for-you service, as I mentioned. Or if you're not particularly au fait with property, then make sure you also have your own independent inspection undertaken on the project as well. Well, I'm quite sure there's other points, but these should at least help you to get started. So there you go. I'm trying to cast a little bit of light into the shadows here. I hope by hearing of other people's ill fortune that it can help you to avoid, diminish or contain such problems arising for you in the future on your projects. I'll return to the horror stories theme again next week probably, uh, so stay tuned for more of the same. However, do keep in mind that this is picking up some of the more negative and extreme stories of things that can go wrong in property. It's not always like this, honestly. But unlike some people in the industry, I do believe in giving you the full picture. So, you know, you're just better prepared yourself in that case, aren't you? So, you know, somewhat a little bit um, licking my wounds after the experiences I've had, but with some sense of satisfaction, albeit uh, cautious because I'm still awaiting the final, final, final outcome here, 
Um, I think there's a lot that's learned here and hopefully that's helped you as well to avoid maybe falling into some of these issues and traps in the future yourself. Okay then, that's me done again for another week. You can of course find, find the show notes uh, over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net or if you want to talk about anything from today's show or just property investing more generally, you know you can always email me, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net and I'll be more than happy to hear from you. Once again though, all I want to say is thank you very much for listening again this week and until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.